The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line. You're on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Open Like a Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. The last day of November. Hope you're all doing well. The nasty weather is gone. The sun is shining. It is a beautiful day here in the Auburn Open Like area. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday afternoon, November 30th. Happy birthday to my dad. It is his birthday today, so shout out to him. And I uh, talked to him a little bit ago, and he's having a good day so far. So happy birthday to my dad on this last day of November. Lots going on in the Auburn area today. Right now, the Auburn High School girls flag football team is playing in the state championship over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, If for some reason you need a break from us, you can tune in on Wings 94.3. Scott Bagwell and Jack Hudner over there right now calling that game. And then tonight at 6 o'clock, the guys will go on the air on Wings 94.3. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hudden, they will go on the air on Wings 94.3 at 6 o'clock for the boys state championship game in 7a auburn high versus thompson tonight should be a fantastic matchup over at jordan hare stadium so if you can't get over there tune into the broadcast i know they're excited Uh, it should be a great game so tune into that tonight broadcast time at six kickoff at seven and as we get started here on the wednesday edition of on the line lots of talk about hugh freeze obviously being hired as auburn's head coach we talked a lot about it yesterday we're going to talk about it some more today but I think it's important if you haven't had the chance to hear Hugh Freeze's press conference we were going to play it yesterday uh didn't get around to it so we're going to do that now we're going to start the show with Hugh Freeze's press conference and then we're going to comment about it we'll talk about it and we'd love to hear from you about it as well but starting the show today this is Hugh Freeze's opening statement at his press conference on Monday after he was hired as Auburn's head football coach thank you very much um man what an honor War Eagle, War Eagle, and good morning. And before I start my comments, I'd also like to just take uh, a few minutes to, um, I'm so glad that uh, the the schedule for me at the end of the year married up with being able to witness um, your final few games here. Um, Because what I witnessed, I thought, was one of the most outstanding jobs of leadership that uh, I've ever witnessed in college football. Um, being in this profession, I know how hard it is to finish seasons, even when you're doing well, even when you're bowl eligible, much less finishing a season playing with enthusiasm and passion and, and desire and excitement and having fun like what I witnessed uh, when I turned on the Auburn football games. And to me, it was a direct reflection of Cadillac and his leadership and how he led the staff and those young men I thought was a brilliant job. And so it became very easy when I had my meetings with, uh, with A.D. Cohen, John, and Rich, and the other guys. I'd already 
done my homework on people that uh, we had in common, friends, and I knew my first priority uh, was I have to have Cadillac along my side to help me drive the culture of Auburn football. And that meeting last night just solidified everything that I've heard and witnessed. And it, it just, I went to bed feeling really, really good last night that Cadillac is going to be our associate head coach and running backs coach. And just, so, and I told him, look, you got to still do all those running up and down the sidelines because I can't do that. <laughs> I need you to handle that part of it. And I'm just thrilled that, that he's going to uh, be with us and teach me uh, so much. Um, we're always constantly learning as leaders, and uh, I look forward to what he's going to be able to impart to me on the knowledge of the Auburn family and, and just the feeling that you get here uh, when you arrive, and he embodies it every single day, you can tell, and the passion he has for this place. And so thankful, so thankful he's going to be with us. Thank you to the media for being here. Truthfully, you're part of this process. And uh, you, you have to report uh, everything you have to report. But, man, we, we, we covet you being around our program. We covet you um, hopefully singing our praises when we start getting this thing rolling. So thank you for being here. To Liberty, um, I hope that they can uh, hear this message. But uh, working at Liberty the last four years uh, for Ian McCaw uh, was one of the greatest joys of our, of our college career. Um, it came at the right time for our family. Um, it was just a, a beautiful um, experience. I didn't know if we could win when we went there. Obviously, they were transitioning from FCS, but with all of the support there and the culture we set, we were able to win a lot of big games and go to four straight bowl games. And to the Liberty, to uh, Jonathan Falwell, Pastor Jonathan, and President Prevo and the Board of Trustees and to Ian and to our team and staff there, just uh, I owe a great debt of gratitude. To the Board of Trustees here and President Roberts and Athletic Director Mr. Cohen, Rich McGlynn, Lee Van Horn, all of you guys getting to know you through this process. Um, I'll say this about our new AD and my, my boss, this guy will measure it a hundred times before he cuts it once now. <laughs> He's, he, is, he is as thorough as anyone I have ever met. And I think we are in great hands with his uh, heart for this place, his toughness, his, um, his, his uh, ability to seek wisdom. I just, I think he's a home run hire, uh, President Roberts, in my opinion. And He's got backbone and he's strong. And uh, I love that he was a former coach also. But uh, getting to know you guys um, was awesome. And thank you for uh, getting to know Jill and I and, and our beautiful family. Um, to my family, you are the rock stars. You are. And I'm not going to get emotional today. No, I'm not, because this is a great day. It's something we've, it's something we've fought like heck to, to get to. and. Uh, and I want to just say Jill is the most amazing woman uh, that God ever created. And I have the most beautiful daughters and son-in-laws. 
even though I didn't like giving them away to them, and I told them that. I didn't like that, but they did all right. I like these guys. But uh, the, um, the toughness and grit uh, that my wife has to be a coach's wife, number one, and then to go through some of the things we've gone through, and the toughness of my children, and the love that they have for their father is uh, the most humbling thing that I've experienced. And man, what a, what a strong family the Freeze Five are. That's their text strand, the Freeze Five. And, what, and this journey we've been on in the college game, how incredible has it been? And we all end up in a place together because Jordan and Mark actually live here. And uh, now we, we get to all uh, be together, and uh, family is everything to me um, on this earth. And I'm just so grateful for each of you and all of your strengths and your beauty and your grace. So I'm um, just honored uh, that you are so strong with me. And um, in the words of Eric Church, we got another great view here. That we, get to, that, we get to, that we get to dance to after wins. My parents, they're, they're the hardest working people I've ever known. They're, uh, my dad's full of toughness. My mom's full of grace. And um, he was the kind that if you got in a pond and you had to snakes all around you and get in there and get it done. And I didn't have an option. Uh, go get those cows. And that was 24, uh, I mean, that was every day of the year. And I learned hard work and toughness from him and love and compassion from my mom. And they are here all the time. My uncle's here somewhere. He's the same back there. And uh, he's the mayor up in a town in Tennessee. And his, he comes to all our games. And here's what I hear from him after every game. i tell you what I'd have done. <laughs> That's what I get. So, dear friends, the Tuies are here. They've never missed a press conference ever of any of my new jobs, and uh, they're, they're dear, dear friends. So I'm so blessed, and obviously um, we are a family of faith, and um, God's faithfulness is so incredibly good to us. And I just I don't know that I can put it in enough words of how gracious and good and faithful he has been to us. So... I met with the team this morning. It was a, an incredible first meeting. I think that um, we're off to a good start. I look forward to getting with them individually, but I shared with them how we're going to turn this ship and get out of the wilderness here that uh, we might be in a little bit. Uh, every job I've ever taken over has had uh, some type of uh, struggles uh, prior to our arrival, and we've been able to turn them fairly quick. And I look forward to that challenge here with this great staff that we're going to put together and these young men that are going to buy in. But they have to buy in to chasing a standard, and you have to set the standard, and, and we've got to develop that for everybody, find the leaders in the locker room that are going to adhere to that standard and lead us and be the voice in the locker room, the same voice they hear in the team room or they hear from Cadillac. We need the same voices in the locker room, and that's when you start getting something going that's going to be positive for change. But there's certain core values that I think we have to all believe in and buy into totally. And the first one is faith. And I don't mean faith in the spiritual sense like you believe, like I believe. I don't force that on anybody. It is who I am, and I'm far from perfect, but it's who I am. But faith in the, in the essence of you have to believe in something bigger than yourself to be a great football team. 
or to be a great university or to be a great family. It's really not about you. It's no, it's, you, it, you can't run fast enough or you're not strong enough to do it alone. So you have to have faith in someone bigger than yourself, the team, everyone around us, the staff, and we have to lay egos aside. That's the one thing I've just really respected about Cadillac in our conversations. I think both of us have been through enough where we just really... It's not about ego or pride. It's about, man, how do we get this done together? And hopefully everyone will follow that lead and we need players to do the same. So faith, attitude. Attitude is how we talk to ourselves. So the Auburn family here and the Auburn players, they've heard enough of what's not right and what's not going right and what, why we're not winning and, and what the issues might be and how we're going to select a new head coach and, and all of those things. They've heard all of those things, but it really doesn't matter what any of those say. It matters what we say to ourselves in that team room. That's what matters. Coach Pearl, I don't know if he's here, but Coach Pearl, the job he's done here I'm going to be just like Bruce Pearl if I, grow, if I can, except for I'm not taking my shirt off because I don't look as good as he does. But, but this guy is, a, is teaching a master class into how to get people to buy into a culture. And I look forward to spending time with him. He's been an incredible encourager to me through this whole process. And I know I have no idea how involved he was or not, but I'm just telling you, he, everybody I would talk to around said, man, Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl. And I'm like, hey, Bruce, what's up? You know, and, and, uh, and, and man, he's just been, he would never say anything other than just encourage, man, just encourage, just encourage. And so I see why people are so attracted to him. And he wins, obviously. But man, attitude, I guarantee his team talks to themselves differently than whatever the media may say or whatever the outside world may say, the social media world may say about our team. It doesn't matter. It really matters about what we believe about us in the Auburn team room. Mental toughness, we must have it. It's the secret sauce. Um, very few people have it. It takes tremendous mental toughness to get up every morning, do the right thing with great passion and energy, go to class, go to training table, go to treatment, come to practice, watch film, go back to study hall, go to bed, get up the next day and do it again. It's work. It's work and it's hard. And guess what? Some of those days you get punched in the gut in life and in football. And you have, the, have to have the mental toughness to get up the next day and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And man, I've, I have fought this battle for the last six to seven years of man every day. Mental toughness, mental toughness, get up, do it again. Great passion, great energy, do it the right way. You don't measure up every day. Neither will our players, neither will our coaches, neither does anyone. And you have to look at your life at the end of the day and that brings me to our next core value, which is integrity. Integrity is not always getting it right, or none of us would have it. It's really when you don't get it right, what do you do? And you look at the end of the day of the film of your game, the film of your practice, the film of your life, the film of your decisions, and they don't lie. And you have to own that at the end of the day. And guess what? Sometimes there are consequences when you don't get it exactly right. We fumbled the ball eight times. You're probably not going to win. There's a consequence to that. You made a really poor decision. There may be a consequence to that. And that's okay. It's not great. And there may be consequences. You must accept those consequences. Make the necessary changes and get up the next day and play the next play. 
and that's the way we will approach our team is owning every single day as an individual day and the more of those days that we win the more games we're going to win on Saturday. So we have to have a team that buys into having the integrity of a single day and our decisions and our effort and our attitude, everything that can be judged. Love is the next core value. It's the ability to handle inconveniences that come with relationships. When you put a team together of 120 or 125, there are going to be a lot of different cultures, backgrounds, beliefs, issues. Um, some had... Father figures, some didn't. And for us to be able to come together as a truly a team, we will have to handle the inconveniences that come with the relationships and be tolerant and be great listeners and learn to get to know people and know their heart. And so love. And the last is why, which is you. We need you. We need the fans. We need the Auburn family. We need the staff. We need the players. We need everyone in this building that is involved in our program to buy into our core values to drive this train, to get it where everyone wants to be. It is, it is all of us that must pull together, the Auburn family. You would notice that those acronyms spells family, and I believe that is what Auburn is all about. So while Auburn for us, I'll tell you, I have great memories here. Won a game here, lost a couple. But I will say from a visiting coach's perspective, it is one of the most difficult places to play that I have witnessed, and that is due to our great fans and our great student body and everyone involved. I turned on that Texas A&M game. I think uh, we were at three wins for that game. I thought I was watching a game that would send you to the SEC championship. Now, I wasn't there. Bruce, there you are. So, Bruce, was, was it that feeling in the stadium? Because it appeared that way from watching it on TV, and I was just, oh, my gosh. Look at the passion of this place and these people. And I just, I've had some great memories here, but probably the most memorable thing I've had here was not as a coach, but as a dad. My daughter Jordan went to school here. Jill was uh, with Madison on a volleyball trip, and I had the task of moving her in. Jill uh, said her goodbyes at the house, boo-hooing, and I'm making fun of Jill, Jill. It's really not that difficult. She's going off to a good place, good school with good friends. We knew her roommate. It's not that big of a deal. I drive over, I unload the truck, hang everything like a dad's supposed to do, do everything that Jordan asked me to do, Completed the project, start walking down the back stairwell of the dorm. She stops me in the middle of the stairwell and says, Dad, can we just say goodbye right here? I lost it. I literally could not talk to anyone for the next hour driving back. Jill was texting, and I said, I just can't talk right now. I'm struggling. She said, I told you. I told you. And that's one of my great memories, but... As I'm going back, I'm still thinking, man, that feeling that she had at Auburn, it was family to her. And it has remained that way, obviously, for them to come back here. So while Auburn, it's, it's Pat Dye Field, it's Jordan-Hare Stadium, it's the Tiger Walk, it's the Eagle Flight, and it's Rolling Tumors Corners, the Kick Six, it's Bow Over the Top, it's tremendous sense of community, it's pride and passion, and 
that people hold for Auburn. It's the Auburn Creed, man. I believe in work, hard work, which it will take. I believe in the spirit of being unafraid. I don't fear much in life, and, and I don't think our team will either. I believe in the people. It's the Auburn family. This place is special, and there's no other place that I want to be. I believe in Auburn and love it. War Eagle. So that is the press conference from Hugh Freeze on Monday, his opening statement. Uh, obviously, he would, he would go on to answer questions from the media as well. Wanted to let you all hear that in case you have not had the chance to. Uh, I think he said some really interesting things. He had some really uh, good conversations and good stories talking about his family and the process and everything that it means to be a head coach at Auburn we got to get to break when we come back we'll start talking about this a little bit reminder we have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 at 230 we'll talk to him and have more conversation about Hugh Freeze Auburn and some college football playoff stuff call coming up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line you are on the line on ESPN 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Carter, how are you, man? You haven't had a chance to talk yet today. Oh, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy to be here. We are... uh talking Auburn, everything going on around Auburn, which is a lot right now. And, yes. And uh, we've... We've got some World Cup soccer that, that you put on in the studio. I did. Aren't you proud <laughs> that I came in and put it on the studio, on the TV here in the studio? Absolutely. That's right. Well, we just played the audio of Hugh Freeze's press conference on Monday. And again, we wanted to give everybody the chance to hear it if they haven't had that opportunity yet. Because uh, I think he said some, some interesting things in his opening statement. Uh, there's some things he said in the Q&A that were interesting as well. Uh, but... What did you think of his press conference? What did you think of his opening statement? He talked about family. He talked about the past. And he talked about, like I said, what it means to be the head coach at Auburn. I don't think his press conference could have gone better, personally. I think he handled himself extremely well. There were no missteps. I thought um, he acknowledged his mistakes of the past, but then he's moving forward. I I liked what he was saying 100%, and I think that... um, it was impressive. It was, and I and I think that maybe some public opinion from some people is starting to slowly swing towards either neutral or towards kind of favoring Hugh Freeze. And I think that that look, he deserves the 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 chance to show us that he's grown as a person. Yeah, it seems to me that the fan base for Auburn. And I don't know if it's that they've just kind of gotten quiet or if they really are starting to change how they feel about Hugh Freeze. We know there's a a big group of people that uh, are excited about Hugh Freeze being the head coach. They like the hire of Hugh Freeze as the head coach. But we also know that there is a massive group of people that had a lot of pushback when Auburn when the rumor was it was going to be Hugh Freeze, even when he was just one of the options, and then ultimately when Auburn did hire Hugh Freeze, there's a big group uh, that had some pushback. And so it seems to be that they are starting to change their minds a little bit, or like I said, maybe they're just 
a little bit more quiet than they were before? I don't know. But I think just based off of what you see, what you hear, uh, what we're told, what we hear here on the show, it seems like every, or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of the fan base has started to, like you said, they've either accepted it or maybe they're neutral mm-hmm. and just waiting to see how this thing t- how this thing goes. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're starting to see more and more of that, and I think that that's going to become a common theme. I mean, I don't buy the um, people that that have publicly uh, said on social media that they're not going to show up to games and they're not going to support the program. I don't believe that for a second. I don't. I think that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's I, ridiculous. I, you're, at the end of the day, you're an Auburn fan. You're going to show up in the fall and support this Auburn team. Well, you should. Uh, I mean, people might, some might not, but that's ridiculous. You should because. This was the argument that we had with Brian Harson, right? When he was hired was, he's the new guy, give him a chance. He had his chance and he didn't succeed. It was time, right? But that's what somebody deserves is an opportunity to prove themselves. And, and like Hugh Freeze talked about in his press conference, he wants the chance for people to learn who he is and learn who his family is and get to know them because of everything that's happened in the past, he wants everybody to get to know them now, who they are now, and who he is now. And I think he deserves that opportunity. So we'll see. Uh, I am interested and excited that Auburn has got a new head coach. Uh, the uh, The search is over, right? It is over. We've got a lot more to talk about this later on in the show. But after the break, we'll have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We'll talk to him about Georgia football and what they are looking forward to in the college football playoff. It's all coming up. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. We didn't have him on last week because we didn't have a show on Wednesday last week, but it's nice to have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 back on the show. Jordan, I hope your Thanksgiving was good uh, with friends and family, man. How are you? Yeah, it was fantastic. I hope the same for y'all. It was a nice, uh, you know, brief break, but uh, good to uh, have a little time with the family and then get right back into football. That's right. Well, it's, of course, a busy time for you as the season has been extended a little bit for Georgia as they get ready to play in Atlanta this weekend. But in rivalry week, they had Georgia Tech. They win 37-14, to uh, a game that was close for a while and then of course Georgia pulls away uh, later in the second half what are your thoughts on Georgia's win to finish out an undefeated regular season yeah you know I think a lot of credit is due to Georgia Tech the way they came out very first drive go down and take the lead with a a drive that you know quite frankly kind of punched Georgia uh, in the mouth and uh, you know from there Georgia uh, really seemed to settle in as that game went on really ran the ball well I feel like as um, they've they've had spurts this year where they've run the ball well, but really the last two three weeks they've really uh, hit their stride as far as the run game goes. And Kenny McIntosh had a great game again, really two back to back strong performances on the ground, and also catching the ball. He had an 83 yard catch in that win over Georgia Tech. Defense uh, kind of a slow start, gave up a few explosive plays, and 
after halftime was just locked in. They only gave up one yard of offense in the third quarter um, to help put that game away. So, you know, not the most impressive performance from Georgia, but, you know, they did more than enough to get the job done. And especially when you look at rivalry week and the fact that we saw uh, teams that were very much in contention for the playoff fall into the wayside and not being able to get wins. At this point in the year, to come out of that game, come out of it healthy and come out of it with your 12th win of the year, uh, I think Georgia would take that uh, seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Jordan, we've we've talked about that Georgia running backs room a lot this year. They've they've kind of had different guys step up in different moments. What have you seen out of that group? You mentioned Kenny McIntosh. I know that there's been some injuries in that room. How has that that group kind of come along this year? And what do you expect from them going into the SEC championship game and then potentially? Well, I mean, not potentially. We we know Georgia's in the playoffs, so. <laughs> What do you expect from them here down the uh, stretch? Yeah, I think they're in good shape as far as their, as their running backs. They've had guys, like you pointed out, step up at, at various times. And right now, I think they're in a good spot. Uh, Kenny McIntosh has been playing really well. Kendall Milton has really reemerged after a slow start to the year. He kind of got uh, hurt, uh, hurt his uh, uh, hamstring in fall camp. And you could kind of tell early on he, it was still bothering him. Missed some time, but he's come back and Played really well. Uh, had a huge run in that Georgia Tech win. And uh, they've had other guys really step up. Dejon Edwards has taken a lot of carries. And, and Branson Robinson, a true freshman, has stepped up. Um, I really see that offensive line and the way they run the ball have really taken a step forward the last few weeks. And I asked uh, Warren McClendon, uh, the right tackle, earlier this week just about sort of that refound uh, focus and, and sort of reemergence of the run game. And he said, look, it boils down to the offensive line. He said, we had to get more physical and we had to challenge ourselves. And I do think you've seen that the last few weeks. I think they were not satisfied with their performance. Really, at the end of the Kentucky game, they have a fourth and goal. Uh, to try to put the game away, go up 23 nothing. Uh, they decide to go for it, don't get it. And it kind of helped Kentucky stay alive in that game. Um, this offensive line, I thought, really answered the challenge against Georgia Tech, played really well. Um, I think on the whole, the uh, run game is in a good spot. I think it's big because I think that uh, they're not going to, uh, they cannot afford to be one dimensional going into the postseason, even before the playoffs. I mean, if they think they can rely totally on the passing game, I think this is a very talented LSU defense, and I think that they'll be willing to, to really slow them down if they say all we're going to do is throw the ball. Speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, talking the Georgia football team, you look up and down the schedule this year for Georgia. In the year 2022, they're 12-0. They've got some really, really nice wins. Uh, of course, the opening win with Oregon, the 49-3 to beatdown to start the season. The win, uh, you obviously get a win over Auburn. You beat the number one team, Tennessee, at the time. But there's also a couple of games on there where Georgia – didn't look as impressive the Kent State win the Missouri game even the Kentucky game like you mentioned what can we expect to see from Georgia this weekend in Atlanta and then in the college football playoff from a program this year that's been a little up and down yeah I think those are fair uh, critiques and, and seeing some of those games where they have honestly left some to be desired but I do think a lot of credit is owed to Georgia in rising to the occasion in some of the bigger games. You start with that Oregon game, the season opener, came out and, and you know by halftime had really put that game away. And then really one of the most anticipated college football games of this regular season, that Tennessee game, you know, it winds up only being a 14-point uh, difference at the end. 
but Georgia dominated that game and did a really good job of putting what I still think is a very good Tennessee team away. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind. And, and obviously you don't want a team playing down to opponents, and Georgia did that from time to time this year. And really, really flirted with disaster at Missouri in that game was uh, very much the closest Georgia came to losing this year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a team that, especially at this point in the year, they understand what lies ahead. They understand that they have a chance to do something really special. You know, especially in the playoff era, it is just so rare for a team to even have the opportunity to win back-to-back. And I think that is something that's a motivator, and I think it helps, too, uh, going into this weekend's game. Uh, none of these guys have uh, played real roles on an SEC championship team. Georgia hasn't won in since 2017 when they beat Auburn. Uh, I do think that that is going to kind of help Georgia as it makes sure that it isn't really overlooking this game and looking ahead to the playoffs. So you mentioned potentially re- repeating and last year's team winning the uh, national championship. How does this year's team compare? If we if we put a ball down and 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 snapped it between 2021 Georgia and 2022 Georgia, how do you see that game playing out in your estimation? You know, I think it would be a really tough uh, game to figure out because I think Georgia's defense last year uh, is better than this year's, and, and I mean, you know, no disrespect to this year's defense, but you've got uh, eight defenders who wound up getting drafted, and you've got five that were taken in the very first round. I mean, it was just a, an otherworldly defense, and the offense last year did, you know, more than enough to get the job done. I think this year's offense, especially if you factor in Ad Mitchell, um, the fact that he uh, has missed a lot of time has hurt this offense, but. Uh, you have him and, and just the talent they have. I think the offense may have this year's offense may have the upper hand on last year's. But you know, you think about too something like George Pickens. The fact he didn't play very much last year. I think if these two teams played head to head, I might give the the uh, upper hand to the 2021 team just because of that defense. But this is not uh, you know a, a poor or a uh, you know a, a worse. Uh, team off. I think this 2022 team is a really talented team, uh, but when you've got a, almost you know a, uh, a defense from last year that was one of the best of the modern era, I, I just don't know if uh, even as good as this year's offense is, if it could have uh, been able to keep up with them. I'm with you, man. I, I think if you put, like Carter said, if you put the ball down and you have these two teams lined up, I think I'm taking last year's team over this year's just because, again, of the 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 games we've seen from this year's Georgia team, Kent State, Missouri, those types of games where they have played down and have not performed to what we thought they would, I think last year's team would probably get it done, but that's what makes our job so fun is talking the what-if situation. Speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, let's look to the SEC championship game this Saturday in Atlanta, 3 o'clock Central Time on CBS. It's number one Georgia, number 14 LSU. This game's meaning uh, got diminished a little bit with LSU's surprising loss to Texas A&M last week. Georgia favored by 17 and a half points. Total is 51. What are you thinking about this game in Atlanta on Saturday? You know, I think Georgia should be in pretty good shape. And, you know, there has been a lot of talk around this game about could Georgia get caught looking ahead. And don't see that being a factor again. This is a team that is looking for its first SEC title since 2017. I think there is a hunger to kind of check that box. And you think about everything they've accomplished the last few years. That's sort of been the last thing remaining. So I do think that there um, is a real motivation to win this game. As far as the game itself, to me, um, the two areas where Georgia 
um, if they struggle, could let LSU into the game. Uh, red zone offense, I think Georgia's got to finish with touchdowns because it's been really hit or miss at times uh, as far as being able to finish drives with seven points. Then on the other side, it's just pressuring the quarterback. You know, it's still kind of not clear if Jaden Daniels is going to be full go for this game. Uh, he's been in a walking boot to start the week. I, I assume he's going to play at least in some capacity. But it, whether it's Jaden Daniels or not, They've got to be able to affect the quarterback. They've got to be able to keep whoever it is uncomfortable uh, because if you give LSU the opportunity to make big plays, um, that LSU really comes in with nothing to lose. And uh, I think this is a talented LSU team, um, but I, I feel like Georgia um, definitely has a talent on both sides of the ball to be able to take care of business and uh, to get another win before we go into the playoffs. So, Jordan, Auburn and Georgia are obviously very big rivals, as we all know, but uh, Auburn just hired a head football coach in Hugh Freeze. What's the uh, temperature of the Georgia fan base and kind of around Athens in reaction to that news? You know, I think there is some surprise, which I know there was on the Auburn side as far as a lot of fans. Uh, I think that there is uh, sort of a situation where Georgia fans are kind of going to wait and see if they think that Auburn's going to be a threat with Hugh Freeze because, you know, we saw how things ended at Ole Miss, and you saw down the stretch uh, Hugh's Liberty team um, really struggled against opponents that I think Liberty was better than. So I'm not sure if Georgia fans necessarily categorize Hugh Freeze coming to Auburn as a real threat, but I think they do understand that, you know, when things were rolling at Ole Miss with Hugh, that it was really dangerous, and I don't think you can discredit the two wins he had over Nick Saban. But uh, I don't know if a lot of Georgia fans are losing sleep over Hugh Freeze getting to Auburn. But, you know, I wouldn't put it out of the possibility that Hugh could get them uh, to a point where they are really contending in the SEC West. Jordan, you obviously used to cover Auburn. What are your thoughts on Hugh Freeze coming to Auburn? Obviously, Georgia fans may not have a big opinion about it yet, but what are your thoughts on Hugh Freeze becoming Auburn's head coach? I was very shocked that it happened. Uh, I thought that uh, Hugh's uh, transgressions in the past would essentially disqualify him from the job. Uh, having said that, you know the hire's been made. I don't think that it necessarily is going to go poorly. I mean, I think he has had results on the football field, but um, you know, I think that it's going to take Hugh Freeze having really grown up, and we're going to see firsthand, and especially Auburn fans following this, are going to see if he really is up for that challenge. So. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you if he's going to do it or not. I will say, very talented coach. And at this point, all we can kind of do is wait and see how it plays out. Speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, let's transition to basketball a little bit before we let you get out of here. The last few games for Georgia basketball, they beat St. Joseph 66-53. to They lose to UAB 87-73, to and then they beat ETSU 62-47. to They play Hampton tonight. What have you seen from the Georgia basketball team the last few games? Yeah, it's been some good early returns with Mike White and company. I think they played well, took care of business against ETSU on Sunday in a game where first half was kind of lackluster, really turned it on in the second half. To me, what I'm looking for going forward, they play Hampton, and really more than that, uh, play Georgia Tech on December 16th in Atlanta and then play Notre Dame as part of holiday hoops giving also in Atlanta on December 18th. I want to see how they hold up against these teams, specifically Georgia's bigs. Uh, it's very clear at this point that the Bulldogs' biggest weakness is going to be down low. We understand the kind of competition they're going to face, particularly when they get into SEC play. 
they're going to have to find a way to combat that. They simply don't have the bigs that are going to dominate or, or really get stops that you need. Um, so I want to see how they're able to handle that these next few games uh, because when you're having to play in a conference, when you're playing Auburn's and you're playing Kentucky with Oscar Shebway, uh, those are going to be teams that attack you down low. And I'm not sure that Georgia's got the, the manpower to handle that. Um, but that doesn't mean that they uh, can't get creative. Maybe try to find some ways to uh, play around. Georgia basketball five and two so far. They play Hampton tonight at six o'clock. But I think the focus for Georgia right now is in Atlanta this weekend for the SEC championship versus LSU. You got a final score prediction for us, Jordan? Yeah, I'm going Georgia 34-14. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is pretty close in the first half, but. Especially having Jaden Daniels banged up, I don't think that helps LSU's chances. And I just think this Georgia team has the upper hand on the LSU team. And LSU's going to come in hungry with nothing to lose, but I think the Bulldogs are in good shape to take care of business. And Georgia's in if they lose this weekend, right? You know, that's the big question. I think so. I'd be interested to see what seed they uh, found themselves in, but I, I feel pretty comfortable uh, that they're in, but uh, don't don't ask Kirby Smart that. I don't think he's going to care about that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants that to even be an option. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, he joins us every single Wednesday here on On the Line. Man, we appreciate you and your time. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all your great work as Georgia plays in the SEC Championship game on Saturday. Absolutely, guys. Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill and at Twitter at Dogs247. So, uh, busy week, uh, all kinds of content with football and basketball, but a fun time, no doubt. Man, we appreciate it. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week after the SEC championship game that Georgia plays in Atlanta. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys. That is Jordan Hill. Again, he writes for Dogs 247. He does a fantastic job writing, covering the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's get to our final break. We'll wrap up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Big thank you to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He joins us every Wednesday talking all things Georgia athletics. Uh, We got his thoughts on the SEC championship game for Georgia coming up this weekend. They play LSU in Atlanta. He has Georgia winning pretty comfortably. And uh, he also thinks that if... Or he said he felt pretty confident if they were to lose this weekend that they would still be in the college football playoff. We're going to talk playoff scenarios in hour number two because of the new rankings that came out last night. Uh, We'll talk about that with the conference championship games coming up this weekend. But I liked where you went talking about last year's team versus this year's team, Carter. I have last year's Georgia team. I I think that team would smoke this year's team. Uh, So I think it depends for me on which version of this year's team are we getting right the one that's that fires on all cylinders i think they're very capable of beating last year's georgia team because of the dynamic nature that they have on offense sometimes then these weird weird stretches where they just disappear offensively and that's my problem crazy with them like their offense they've got in those games like you're talking about they've got a lot of points but it just seems like in some of those games for massive amounts of time, Georgia's offense just disappears. And if you're a Georgia fan, that would concern me just because I don't know if this team 
is going to be able to score at the rate that they need to. The defense is solid. We know that. But, I mean, they put up 27 on a really bad Tennessee defense, right? So, Mm -hmm. I just don't know what Georgia team, like you said, I don't know which Georgia team we're going to get. But if you matched them up last year's team versus this year's, I'm taking last year's because of how consistent they were in the defense, which would shut down this year's very inconsistent offense. Yeah, I I think that that's fair. I would probably lean towards last year's team. Um, I think both teams are the best teams in the country. Although this year's Michigan team feels like it might be different than feels last year's weird, team. doesn't it? It feels like they're really good. But again, I still have that little bit of hesitancy with them as well because of what we've seen from them in some of their games. So I don't know, man. It the the top six is really weird. This feels like. And, and I hate to say it this way, but the top six feels down versus what we've seen over the last couple of years just because I don't think George is as good as last year. Uh, I don't think TCU is as good as people think they are. I don't think USC is as good as people think they are. They're solid, don't get me wrong. And and USC's got a chance to win it all. But I think if you were to put the top six national championship contenders this year up against some of the previous years, I think this is maybe a down year for the top in college football. Yeah, I I think that's probably fair. Uh, by the way, we we've gotten two staff updates on the Auburn coaching staff. Jimmy Brumbaugh will not be retained, according to Cole Kublik, and Rock Bellantoni will not be re- retained either. Interesting. I, I saw the Bellantoni. Did the other one just break a couple of minutes ago? Uh, you so the. Yes, Cole Kublik is where I saw it first. Okay, he tweeted that out three minutes ago. Okay, well that's interesting. Then I, I was kind of I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I am a little bit that both of them were 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 let go. I mean, I you understand it though, right? I mean, you can you understand why those moves are made. Uh, so Brumball, I just don't feel like he did enough right. to me to to be retained in his one year. Now, Bell and Tony was a little bit of a Boise he's like a Boise State adjacent guy in <laughs> yeah. like to the to the um I guess Harson staff so I didn't there probably was not a very high chance that he got re- retained I thought he recruited well I thought his his guys played pretty well It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and where they go to replace those guys. We've got a lot more Auburn to talk about, a lot more college football to talk about coming up in hour number two. Phone lines are open now. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390, hour number two, coming up. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is gorgeous here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hope you're all doing well. And uh, we're halfway through the week, so congratulations on that. We are getting closer to the weekend, day by day, hour by hour. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday afternoon. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway right here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of hour number one, you can go to ESPNAU.com. You can find it in the podcast center. Just click there. You can find it commercial-free right after the show. We played the opening statement of Hugh Freeze's press conference, so if you missed it, you can go and find it there. Uh, We're going to talk some more about it here in hour number two. We also talked with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Talked to him about Georgia football and as they get ready to play LSU in the SEC championship game this weekend. So that was a good conversation as well. So if you missed it, be sure to go and listen to that later on today. But let's get to the phone lines to start hour number two. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. And hey, there's all these Hugh Freeze detractors out there. He, they're going to hate him and be against him until he does beats Alabama, has a top ten recruiting class, has a bunch of NFL draft picks, develops players. That, that's all. That's that, that'll cure all of it. You guys know that. Yeah, winning this cures is what all. Irritates me the most. Yeah. As soon as he beat, as soon as he beats Alabama, and he will, they they will they they will they will say, oh, this guy ain't so bad after all. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, beating Alabama is a pretty good way to get fans that are not on your side to be on your side, but I know exactly what you mean. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still not in support of Hugh Freeze being hired at Auburn, but the narrative is if he wins, right, once he starts winning, and like you said, once he recruits and gets guys to the NFL and he starts winning ball games and he beats the right people, then yeah, they'll probably change their minds. Now, Terry, there's going to be some that will not change their minds because there may be people that say winning doesn't matter, he shouldn't be here because of his past, whatever. And if they believe that, that's totally fine. That's on them. But a lot of people will change their minds if this guy starts winning. Jackie, you're 100% right. I just, it just, it's just irritating. I knew this was going to happen. It's going to, and it's going to continue. It's probably going to get worse. But when he, like I said, he does all those things you just mentioned and I mentioned that he's going to, he's, he's just going to, it's just going to go away. It's going to be like a never ending memory. And it may, just a memory. and it may be a slow process, right, Terry? It, it may, may be, be, it may, may be depending on who he hires on his staff, right? Maybe that starts to impress some people with the transfer right. portal opening up on Monday, seeing where mm-hmm. Auburn goes for that, see if he can revive this recruiting class. I mean, it's going to take some time, but yeah, I think over time, yeah, absolutely. Auburn fans, the ones that are not in support now, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them will probably start to like him. And I can't say much because I was against Brian Harsh from the start, and I was against him when he was there, and I was against him when he left. Yes, you were. So, <laughs> so, um, yes, you were. Let me ask you guys a two-part question. Yeah. Yep. If the top, if the top four remains the same, and it's you know Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, what what matchup would intrigue you guys the most? That's the first part of the question. Hmm. I think Georgia, Michigan, personally, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I, I, because I think, I think those, so. those are the best two teams in the country. Yes. I, yes. In the first round. Georgia U- USC because I think Michigan is going to get really big and really physical and just steamroll and suffocate that T- TCU team kind of the way Georgia's team did last year against mm-hmm. basically everybody. Right, right. And the second part of the question is if it's true the same, how attractive is an Ohio State Alabama matchup in whatever bowl? 
Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be it'd be a lot of fun. It would have a lot of eyes. I mean, those are two obviously of the some of the biggest brands in college football. So it would be a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't know which one they're predicting that to be, but yeah, it'd be exciting, no doubt. And you know, we've seen we've seen this in the playoff too. Ohio State obviously beat Alabama in the first one to win it all. So uh, it's exciting when two big brands get together like that. But obviously, both of those teams are not making the playoff. So. I think it would be exciting to see them in a bowl I'm game. Not I'd watch sure it. I'm sure they're going to run into each other, though, because Ohio State it has is to gonna, be. They're, they're going to get locked into the Rose Bowl, which yeah. is against the, whoever the highest Pac-12 non-playoff team is. Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So, so yeah, you're so right. right. I didn't think about that. Carter. Right now, you you've got according to CBS, they project Ohio State to go play Washington as it stands mm. right now. That's horrible. That is horrible. That's and they've terrible. Got, they've got Alabama playing Kansas State. Now that's even worse. <laughs> You're right, because Kansas State's going to win that game. Oh! Wow. I don't know. But but it would be exciting to see Ohio State and Alabama in a bowl game, but well, I just don't know if the math is going to add up for it. Well, I don't mind you guys going off Cliff, but please don't jump. <laughs> um, I, you know, in the days we live in, the guys set out for the bowl because they're going go to see the futures in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think an Alabama Ohio State, Ohio State game, guys, guys don't set out. I think hmm. you see some guys play that wouldn't really would set out. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a bigger matchup than than most bowl games would be. Uh, but again. Mm-hmm there's technically nothing to play for right and I think obviously that plays into a lot of guys minds nowadays like you said prepare for the NFL I I I think there's a decent shot you see guys like Will Anderson not play a bowl game because he has nothing Mm. to prove and he's not going to improve his stock in a bowl game but Bryce Young maybe as a quarterback I think he you could probably see him play a bowl game um but also wouldn't shock. I mean, he his stock's not going to go up playing right. Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. That's that's not going to change anything. But one thing about this, Terry, is when guys do decide to sit out sometimes over the last couple of years, we've seen freshmen or sophomores that haven't played a ton break onto the scene in these bowl games sometimes, sure. right? We've seen receivers Good really point. make names for themselves, so that's exciting that's what, about that's it. That's what Ohio State's ja- Jackson Smith and Jigba did Gosh, last year yes, he in did. the Rose Bowl he against Utah went off. when he put up one of the stupidest performances I've ever seen a receiver ever have. And see, with Bryce Young, I have my I have my, my opinions about that because I just don't think the guy's going to be able to hold up physically in the NFL. He's, he's small. Agreed. He's got a small stature. Right. I think the guys are going to beat him to death. I, Agreed, I'm with you. But, but I still 100 believe, 100% believe that he's going to be a top four pick in the NFL oh, draft. No, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think he holds up, though, in the NFL. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's kind of, I kind of compared to somebody told me Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a great player, but he's going to have about a six or seven year run where he's just the best there is. But they're going to run him to death, kind of like Bum Phillips did Earl Campbell. You two guys are too young to remember that. But he's carrying the ball thirty plus times a game. His body yep. just won't be able to hold up. By the way, uh, I, I I looked it up just to say uh, say the stat line for Smith and Jigba in that Rose Bowl mm-hmm. he, because both of I think both first round re- receivers last year opted out of that game. They did. So he was the only one out there. He had 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Oh, and let me throw one more Hugh Freeze thing in there. As soon as Robbie Ashford throws for 225 yards a game in multiple games, they'll they'll say, "Oh, this guy's great." 
Oh man, I don't know. Wow. I, I mean, don't either. I, hey, wow. I love it. But I'm just I'm just throwing scenarios out there. The people that are detracting and putting the man down for his passing discretion. If Hugh Freeze can get Robbie Ashford to throw for 250 yards and have a good completion percentage, he will be my coach a hundred and thousand percent. I think Hugh Freeze will probably look at Robbie Ashford and say that's a really similar skill set to Malik Willis. He's not probably as big and strong as Malik mm-hmm. Willis because M- M- Malik Willis is a stout dude. Yeah, Robbie's faster, and Robbie's probably got similar. Passing tools, so I think they're probably similar height wise, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I think Robbie's bigger than you realize. Mm. Oh, I've seen him in uh, in, a, in a place around town. I'd say he's tall. He's tall, but he's a good six two. Yeah, I, I, and I, but I think I think Malik is probably a little bit like Carter said, maybe a little bit more buff, right? And mm-hmm, I think right. and I think Robbie's got the more agility. He's he's got a he has a better chance Robbie's, to make somebody miss. Robbie's I think. a couple inches taller than than Malik Willis is. I think Malik Willis is was stouter. I think he was more right. Like he's more broad, more solidly built than than Robbie Ashford was. Well, why you doing that, Carter? How tall is Robbie Ashford? He's six three. Six six three. Wow. wow. Yeah, he's a solid six two. He's he's six three, and I feel I feel like I knew that at one point, and then Malik Willis is six is six one. Mm. Well, if if a, if a guy can be drafted in the top five is five foot ten, and he's listed six feet, then a guy that's six three shouldn't have any problem. You're right about yes. that. You're right about Take that. Care, hey, guys. Yeah, appreciate it, Terry. It's good to hear from you. That is Terry joining us as we start our number two. We'd love to hear from you as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. So to to that point about Malik being, I guess, more solidly built. Malik was six one, two hundred twenty five pounds in his final year at Liberty. Robbie is six three to twelve. So okay, he's two inches taller and thirteen pounds lighter. So right. That does track at least a little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. And and again, if Hugh Freeze can get Robbie Ashford to throw it for 250 yards and be accurate, mm-hmm. I, I'm all in, right? Because we know that Robbie is a runner. He's going to give I you mean, 60 to 80 yards rushing a game. Yeah, and I think that's probably where Hugh Freeze is going to go. I like that, though, the, the Malik Willis comparison because it is similar. They're running first quarterbacks. I mean, that's just who they are, Malik Willis and Robbie Ashford. So we know that Hugh Freeze can develop quarterbacks. That is something that's exciting about him coming to Auburn because the narrative at Auburn is, in my opinion, if you come here as a quarterback, you're not going to get any better. That's what it's been the last – 10 years? I mean, really, maybe even more than that as a quarterback at Auburn. I have not seen a quarterback get better as a quarterback from when they got to Auburn from when they left Auburn. I just haven't seen that a whole lot. So that is exciting about Hugh Freeze coming here. Maybe he can make Robbie Ashford into a better passer. Maybe he just uses his skill set better and lets Robbie run all over the yard. I don't know. We're going to find out. But let's get back to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. Hey guys, how are y'all today? We're good, man. What you got? I'm just uh, a little confused on how people are. Do people think that that how we handled Harson? That's how we do with coaches now. Like we're not going to buy in, or we're not going to. He's not now our coach, and so we're just going to run this one off and get another. That's not how it usually works, and that was unique with Harson because he never fit here. You know, this dude might have a pass, but but this is this is like the the area where he belongs. And he's going to do well here, so it doesn't really matter if people are buying in or not. He's going to—he's he's not getting run off in two years like Harson was. He's—you know—he's—he's he's in it for for four or five at least. I, I would say. I hope so. 
so I'm just saying, like, why are people having such a hard time accepting the fact that this is our coach now? I, I think know? it. I think Shane, it plays into the the state of college football right now because three years is pretty much what it is, right? I mean, you you got three years to do something at a program, or if not, yeah. you, you may get the it's boot, and so. And, and that's just kind of where it is. But I'm with you on that. I, I mean, if people can be upset about it, but it, I think we joked about this a little bit yesterday. Auburn's not going to be like, oh, wait a minute. There's a couple upset fans. Maybe we should just get rid of Hugh Freeze so, and go yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, that's something that I mentioned yesterday was if Auburn were to somehow reverse course at this point, Auburn would never hire a coach that, I mean, you'd be hiring uh, right. high, high school coaches every time you, you have a job opening. Yep. And I don't think Auburn, uh, you know, we'll, we, they did what they 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 researched what they wanted to research. Right. However you want to how you want to look at it that way, they got the guy that they wanted. And I don't. I mean, they they. I'm sure that they they, they hate the fact that some 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 uh, fans aren't happy, but they don't care. They got the guy they want, and this guy is going to do well. And and then you know, all these people. Are going to be like, well, I wanted him from the beginning. When when they're the ones that were like, I don't want this guy. But as soon as he starts winning, it's it, just like Terry was saying. Uh, you know, as soon as they win, they're going to they're going to be like, you know, well, here's my coach now. What, what, mm-hmm. He was your coach from 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 yesterday on. Right. You know? Well, and, and that's the thing, and that's something that Freeze talked about in his press conference. Right. He wants everybody to get to know him and buy in, and that it takes everybody to be in line. And, and man, we've talked about that so much. Right. About how it takes everybody in college football at a school in a program to be on the same page to be successful. That includes the fans, Shane. So you're absolutely right. And and and, and you're right too that Auburn they did their due diligence and their process in hiring Hugh Freeze. I mean, they didn't put a bunch of names on the dartboard put the blindfold on and throw it and just say well it landed on Hugh Freeze so we're going to hire him no they did their research they talked to everybody they needed to and this is the hire that Auburn wanted to make John Cohen wanted to make and he made it and so whether you like it or not people should support it yeah people should support it and 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 frankly in my opinion just 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 stop stop it's over with just stop with that right and and, uh support it because you're not looking like an Auburn family. You're you're you're, you're really not <laughs> right. looking like an Auburn. Family. And, and look, I think I think you should divided. support the support the football coach, right? If you don't support agree, Auburn. right? And if you don't agree with the guy's past, that's fine. I, and, and that's I get that's that, right. but that's the personal side. But support the guy who is your all, football not, coach. That's right. Yeah, he's our coach now. So you, if you support Auburn, then then, then yeah. shut your mouth and and support Auburn. Um, anyway, last thing, and I'll let you guys go. Did you guys ever remember? Did y'all saw those uh, the the Micro Machine Man, the commercials when he would he would uh, he would talk so fast? It was about these little micro machines, but but it, like you could barely understand them. You could, you could understand them, but just you know you know wait a second after he stopped, you had to like go back and think about the words. Every time Terry gets on there, I crack up because he reminds <laughs> me of that guy. It's like at an auction, he's trying to get it out so fast. <laughs> well, look, Terry, Terry's got a lot to say. Wait, he's got a lot to say sometimes, but we love having him on. Yeah, or Eagle Guy. Hey, we appreciate, appreciate you calling it, Shane. in, Shane. That is Shane joining us. we got to get to a break. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. More Hugh Freeze talk. We'll talk some college football playoff scenarios with championship weekend upon us when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line. 
on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, continuing to talk about the college football playoff and looking at the rankings from last night, looking at the scenarios that's coming up with college football, the uh, championship games coming up this weekend. The rankings were, 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 wow were released last night there we go got it i struggled on that one sir that was that was tough yeah that was tough it's you know it's one of them days that's all right look rankings were released last night and georgia's number one michigan two tcu three usc four here's where it gets interesting ohio state five alabama six tennessee at seven your thoughts on the top seven of the playoff rankings last night i have a really hard time putting Tennessee behind Alabama right now I do and, and and look you can tell me how close Alabama's losses were and you can tell me that Hendon Hooker is hurt okay Tennessee won the head-to-head and Alabama's other loss is to LSU who Tennessee went into their building and drummed them now if you want to throw the South Carolina loss back at me for Tennessee okay that worked until Saturday when they went to Clemson and torched them. I'm with you, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with Hendon Hooker not being healthy. Obviously, he's out for the year. Um, obviously, Alabama, it seems to that they're always going to get the nod above other schools because it's Alabama, but it's interesting that it's still Ohio State at five and Alabama at six because that tells us, from what the committee said, if USC were to lose... Ohio State would be the one to get in and not and not Alabama. So that's what really stands out to me I mean, is... I don't think Ohio State was ever at real risk of falling behind Alabama because their only loss is to the number two team undefeated right, team right. in the country. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just saying I think this obviously solidifies it. that, And I think everybody's on the same page that if USC loses, they're out. TCU... Not as much. I think there's an argument to be made. If they lose, they're probably still in. Michigan, if they lose, they're probably still in. And if Georgia loses, they are probably still in. So yep. I think it all comes down to USC. And if they lose, Ohio State's probably going to slide yes. in there. So 100% because you can't change Ohio State and Alabama at this point. Right. No, you I can't. agree. Because neither one of them are playing this weekend. Exactly. And that's what is that's why the rankings last night were so important. Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Keith, you're on the line. Welcome in. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say, but I just were was listening to uh, the Georgia guy. And if I'm not mistaken, he said, we'll see if he's grown up. And uh, this has always been a sticking point with me is, you know, that guy, yeah, uh, Freeze may have did uh, a few things wrong or whatever, but uh, he, he had a five class and everybody went ballistic. And uh, but you know, Saban comes in and they had top five class, and I don't know when. You know, his, I don't think his first class was all that good. He got there late or something. But then he get he he gets like perennial number one, and then uh, Kirby goes to uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they can get anybody they want. And yeah. um, I mean, they've always recruited good, but not just get everybody they wanted and from all over the country. And uh, nobody asked them what they were doing or 
Now, how did you do that? You sure did grow up fast. I mean, man, that that that, that makes me mad. I mean, I uh, you know that's like disrespectful. Right, right. No, I I get what you're saying, and you know it's there's there's double standards a lot of times, right? When guys are, and again, we've talked about these guys being in the spotlight like that, and their whole lives are put out there for everybody, and and people are are quick to judge on the past and stuff like that. But I think it's important for for us to listen to what Hugh Freeze had to say because of what we've seen, like you were talking about, with other coaches like Kirby Smart or whoever that get hired, they go on to do great things sometimes. So I think he deserves the support for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I, he was my man from the very beginning, and I'm glad he's there, but I, I, that's not even what I was saying. I'm just saying that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, yeah, they go on to do great things, but when they go there, they immediately get anybody they want. Uh, right. And, you know, it sounds like to me them, there had to be some fishy business there, too. I mean, you know, I can, I can see recruiting well and climbing the ladder, but going straight to number one every year in the top one, two, or three, and uh, getting anybody you want, uh, I mean, of course, you know, once you get established like that, yeah, you can. But when you first get there, you don't you don't just go straight to the top like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do they do that? that right. But, uh, you well, know, yeah. I, uh, I, I just – it just uh, gets me when he says about our man, we'll see if he grew up. You know, when he, when he was just trying to compete with other people doing the same thing. Yeah, well, Keith, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that recruiting in college football, college athletics is extremely clean. It's, I mean, it's, it's never been it's, that way. It, it's a dirty game. There's no doubt. All right, man. Thanks. We appreciate the call. That is Keith joining us here on the line. We got another phone call, 334-321-1390. Heath is on the line. Welcome in. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, what you got? I'm uh, just extremely happy with the coach we got, but I think mm-hmm. I'd have been happy with both coaches. Um, I do feel that E. Freeze is a much better fit uh, as far as the Auburn family. Agreed. Um, I, I'm not sure. There's a fine line between cocky and confident, and I'm not sure exactly which Lane Kiffin is. I think before it would all be said and done, he would upset more Auburn fans than he would make. <laughs> it's, it's a I, very I, fair he, point. I think he is uh, – Arrogant. Uh, somehow Arrogance, on, he's yes. on he's on both sides of that line. Depending on how he woke up that day, he tweets like a fifteen year old girl. <laughs> and if we don't need that. We we need we need we need a, we need someone that's going to take. And guys, I don't do social media. I listen to you guys in the afternoon. I listen to the drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick question: uh, Are these true Auburn people that are complaining so much about Hugh Freeze, or are they other fan bases? Maybe the college just up the road that are fanning the flames, just eternal. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't do social media. I read Google. I read all, you know, whatever, what, what, what's posted. It seems like there's a lot of people out there that are that are against Auburn, and yeah. they, they just constantly want to fan the flames. And is it that? Or is, are, are there people standing on the corner at Tumors with signs saying, we hate you, Freeze? I mean, clue me in on this because I'm lost. I, yeah, I, I'm hearing this lashback, and you're sure people, they want to sit, sit on their high horse and, and take their five minutes on their soapbox to – to, to yeah. voice their opinion, and and I'm not a big fan of judging anyone. I've done a lot of bad things in my life, and so has everyone. Some people just get caught. Some people get by. And I guess if they feel as if they can stand on their high horse and their morals and make themselves feel better about themselves, the man has, has done everything he can to show that he's changed his ways. Yeah. And, and like most everyone already knows, this stuff's been going on in college football since SMU was – Push pinning hundred dollar bills into kids uh, at their high school. I mean, this, these are these are things that have happened since 
the, the term of college mm-hmm. football. You know, I mean, it's a dirty game, man. Yes. So, like I said, I mean, we need to stand behind Heath. Like I said, I'd have been happy either way, both coaches. But I feel before it's over with. With Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, if he's still there within the next three years, I know you guys probably get a break, but I feel as if in the next five years that the Auburn Ole Miss game is one that we can automatically chalk up as a W at the first of the season because I do feel that Hugh Freeze wow. and Auburn will walk the floor and mop the floor with Ole Miss out of the heaven in the past years. Wow, I'm, I'm I not like that. I'm going to say I disagree, but I think that. Wow. I mean, that, uh, that's that, a that means Auburn like is going it. to ascend back to where they were rather quickly. And then you're going to see, you're going to see an, an, an Auburn team, uh, Really turn turn that one up a notch in terms of the, what it means. Heath, we're up against a break, man. It's good to hear from you. We appreciate the call. That is Heath joining us here on the line. Hate to get you off there, but we're against a break. We do appreciate Keith and Heath giving us a call. We'll talk some more about that. I want to address some of his questions when we come back. We'd love to hear from you. 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Phone lines are still open. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Carter, you wanted to, and I want to as well, uh, address some of the things Heath was talking about before we were up against the break. Talking about... Um, uh, uh, Ole Miss and Auburn, the rivalry, and where Auburn will be. He, he said in five years, Auburn will be mopping the floor with Ole Miss, and you can circle that as a W on every single preseason uh, schedule for Auburn. Thought that was interesting. And then some of the other stuff he talked about as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think part of the um, – the the question about oh, is it really the Auburn fans or is it other fan bases fanning the flames? The other fan bases are absolutely fanning the flames. That's that cannot be denied. There is a portion of Auburn fans on social media that are f- helping fan those flames as well. Um, and then there's I, I I I did say that I wanted to to address this during the break. I mean there's there's a podcast out there that. Uh, I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the guys on it. They have a really big platform. And they had a podcast, just a reaction podcast, and it was extremely, a lot of definitive statements made that I don't think are fair. Um, and it was a little confusing. I was I was shocked by that. But uh, I think that there's, there's a lot of people that are jumping to conclusions when the facts are not out there. And I... I think that's an issue. That's an issue in today's society in general. Amen to that. But that's certainly an issue on social media. As we've seen with all sorts of things, you can make a whole, a small group of people can make a whole lot of noise on social media that's not indicative of the group as a whole. And I think there's a lot of that going on. And I think some of the people who, who fell in line with that vocal group are start, starting to to come across more and more of more more and more of the information of the facts and are moving away from that group moving back to center or even moving some people are moving into okay 
he deserves a chance or he he deserves to like our support and i think that is there's moving movement that way i don't agree with some of the the just blind faith fall in line with other people's opinion out there right now that did you see a lot of well i think in today's world whether you're talking sports politics news uh whatever you're talking about today's society has gotten to the point where 80 percent of them just read headlines and 80 percent of them and you know whatever that number is a majority of we'll just stick with americans stick to headlines and they stick to very very short tweets they stick to very uh, small bits of information without looking outside of one particular source or one particular person or one particular site and again this is sports politics whatever it may be people have become so and i don't know what the right word is here but people have just become so reliant on very little information and then making mass assumptions and making up their mind on very, very little information without going and doing more outside research. You're supposed to check multiple sources on news. You're supposed to check multiple outlets on information. That's just... And and to to make yourself smarter and more knowledgeable and more informed you're supposed to go and do your own research when you see something that's just what you're supposed to do i can promise you auburn and john cohen and the search firm and whoever was all involved in the process of hiring hugh freeze have done more research than X person you follow on Twitter, on Auburn Twitter, that's making a huge stink about stuff. And if there were legitimate moral issues, I have a hard time believing John Cohen, in his first hire, the biggest hire he's going to make in his Auburn career, he would take a serious risk. I don't think... Chris Roberts, the president, would sign off on it. I don't think John Cohen would sign off and off on it. There are a lot of reasons for me to believe that the proper due diligence was done. If information comes out to the contrary, I'll be the first person to change my tune. But right now, I think Auburn deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that they did the research, that they wouldn't recklessly hire somebody, after they just did that with Brian Harson, not from a morality perspective. I mean, if you want to have a discussion about Brian Harson the person, that's not it. But we're, we're talking about the head coach. I have a hard time believing after a failed hire to the level that Brian Harson was, Auburn would not do the due diligence because Auburn can't afford another epic fail, failure on their hands because then... You turn around, and you're Missouri. You can't afford to miss this one. So I have a hard time believing Auburn didn't do the proper research. That's exactly it. That's uh, Couldn't have said it any better. When you look at the situation of, of where Auburn football is, this was a must-win hire. You had to hire a guy who is going to win. If you look at President Roberts and Athletic Director John Cohen, this was a hire they had to have. This is John Cohen's legacy at Auburn was this hire as the head coach. Whoever he brings in, 
or whoever he was going to bring in, which is obviously now Hugh Freeze, John Cohen, when he makes that hire, he is saying, I am putting my career on the line with Hugh Freeze. I am putting my entire career in the hands of Hugh Freeze as the head football coach because that's exactly what this hire meant for John Cohen. So like Carter said, I'm in 100% agreement. There is no doubt in my mind, and there's no way that Auburn did not do their research, talk to the people they needed to talk to, and they are 100% convinced that this is the right hire. Despite what has happened, despite the news, despite the noise, despite the pushback, they still Mm -hmm. made the hire, which means they believed in it, they believe in Hugh Freeze, and they believe he can win here. And for the people that say, well, I guess Auburn doesn't care about morals, all they care is about winning – I guarantee the moral side of it was the first part they researched before thinking if he could win here because you can't hire a guy if the whole fan base is going to go against it and if he doesn't fit here. You hear about the yeah. Auburn fit, and you got to be an Auburn you guy, and you have to fit Fit here. matters more at a place like Auburn than just about any other place. Than, than just raw coaching ability. And that's why Auburn did their research I believe it now whether the guy's going to be successful here that's another conversation but the fact is we're still having to sit here three days later and talk about did Auburn do the right thing in hiring a guy like Hugh Freeze I hate it but that's where we are let's get to the phone lines 334-321-1390 Jeremy you're on the line welcome in yeah hey guys um I don't I don't try to get into y'all show very much but I'm, I'm going to agree with everything you were just saying about Auburn having done their due diligence and John Cohen and everybody that signs on to this being perfectly comfortable with you Freeze being their guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no doubt that if, if they thought something, something was wrong or that something will happen down the road, they wouldn't hire the guy. 100%. Shut up and get behind the coach mm-hmm. is not the response that anyone should give any fan out there right now. It is perfectly okay if there is a group of people mm-hmm. who think Auburn could do better from a football a football prospect, a football uh, side of the argument, or from a personal side of the argument. That is perfectly okay, too. And until you give those people the time to get on board, all you're going to do is drive a bigger wedge. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. And, and again, I understand. And my my thing about it is, and I think I, I may have said this earlier, if you don't agree with or like the guy personally or because of past or whatever, I get that. I'm my, and I think something we are, are asking and preaching is just support the coach, right? There was, well, I, I'm going to make the argument that, look, all he asked for in this press conference is give him a chance. Right. Give him a chance. And if, I think you should be open to actually giving him a chance. I think that is 100% fair to, fair to, for him to ask for and a fair for, for a fan to give. I, what I don't agree with is the, the people who are out there saying, I'm 100% out, he doesn't have a chance to win me over. Because I've seen that on social media. I've seen that from prominent, to, prominent people on to, over Twitter. I understand there are those people out there, and those pro- people are probably equally wrong. I understand where they're coming from. And understanding where they come from will go a long way toward making everybody feel better at this. Right, mm-hmm. and, that, and that gets into our conversation talking about just society as a whole today. Um, everybody just well, makes their... Now, look, you guys, you guys going on your rant a minute ago about people, people have, have made up their minds based off of false information. 
information. I think there's a lot of people out there that have made up their minds based off of the actual truth of everything that's happened. Which is like also said, fair. There, some, there, there are some things that have been misconstrued. Yeah. There are some things that aren't true and some things that are true. And I believe there's a lot of people out there that are upset because of the things that are true. And if that's the reason, uh, then that's you get don't, it. Don't think, don't think that people are out there just upset because they, they don't understand the situation. No, there are people out there that are perfectly 100% understand the situation. So yeah, respect to them. That's I, fine. I do. I do have a question. What is true in this situation? About what? About Hugh Freeze. If if if, if we're going to talk about what's true and what's not, I do want to know like what what is the truth? The guy, the guy was texting hookers, trying to arrange hookers on his cell phone. Yeah. Um. The guy was the guy. You know, he he had an issue with. Uh, you know, getting some some girls in middle school somewhere along the way to to undress in front of the extent of that, I don't know. Like I'm 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 not telling you I'm one of these people. Um, right. Well, I, like I, said, the- I, I have I have full faith and confidence that Auburn University did their due diligence, mm-hmm. and this is the guy they wanted to hire. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, I also understand that telling these other people to shut up and get behind the coach is not going to be the answer. And I, I understand that okay. too. And I and yeah. I'm not I don't and if it came off that way, I don't believe that because I That's I'm exactly I, what your caller said and you guys said yes, sir. Well so. I, I'm with him and saying support the guy as your coach. I'm not if you don't agree with him personally, that's fine. I understand that. But I think as it if you're an Auburn fan and want Auburn to be successful, we appreciate you calling in, Jeremy. If you want Auburn to be successful, you at least gotta support. You don't have to it's it's like a polit it's like the president, right? It's like the United States president. You go out, you vote, you make your voice heard. If your guy gets elected, you're happy. If your guy doesn't, or woman now, if you don't, your person doesn't get elected, you're, you're going to be upset about it, and you may be upset with them as a person or as a politician or whatever, but I still believe you should support them in their role. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Doesn't mean you have to like their past. But I'm also not going to say just shut up and support because – it's over and you lost type of thing. But I do think when that person is in power, you should support them because of who they are. Obviously, there's a little bit of a difference between United States president and Auburn University head football coach, but the, the result is still the same. If you disagree with somebody and you don't like the hire and you have reasons for that, I get it. That's fine. You have the right to do that. I'm just saying... We should support the guy as a coach if you want Auburn to win and be successful. Because I, if you go, if you don't give the guy a I'm chance from even, the start, I'm not even going that far. I'm saying, give him the chance, give him a chance, which is what he asked for. It. That's all he asked for, and I think that's not an unreasonable thing to ask a fan. But I agree. But what, what I disagree with is the people that are 100. And there are people that that I I mean I consider myself friends with. That are of the belief that, nope, no chance. I'm out. I don't like this. I'm not supporting it. Whatever, whatever you want it, you want it to be. All he asked for was a chance, and I don't think that's unreasonable to give him. It's look. It's everybody's right. You have your opinion. You have your thought. If you're in, great. If you're out, great. That's fine. I'm not necessarily saying just shut up and support him no matter what. And if you don't like him, get over it type of thing. But. I'm saying you should support the guy as the coach. Support the coach. If you want Auburn to be great and you want Auburn to get back to the national stage and actually compete in college football and not be a laughingstock, 
Support him as a coach. And if you disagree with the moral side of it, give him a chance to prove why maybe he's a different person than that. That's all I can say on that. We got a phone call. We'll get to that on the other side as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. We've got a few more minutes and one more phone call to get to. Shane, you're back on the line, man. Welcome in. you got a few minutes. Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to say, yeah, um, when we say be quiet and support, it means support your, your team, your college, yeah. your university, your school, your city. Doesn't mean you don't have an opinion and it doesn't isn't valued, but that doesn't matter anymore because if if you didn't like this guy, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter because he's he is your coach now. If you are Auburn 100%. family and you are part of this team, then and you love this school, then then you're going to support the school and the and the team and the city no matter what, no matter what. If you believe that he's your coach or not, you didn't want him. Whatever it doesn't matter anymore because he is your coach now. If this is your team. If not, then whatever. If it doesn't bother you so much, why would you? If you want one of those people, why would you call in and complain about it? If, because it did did rub you the wrong way. If you don't, I guess support the program, and if you continue to say things on social media like "I'm not going to go to any Auburn games" or whatever, that's, that's fine. You're you're well. I'll be I'll be honest. Like, what are you accomplishing? Like, sure, you're you're, you're not you, you're not supporting Hugh Freeze. But you're not supporting the players that represent your school. You're not. You are hurting well, Auburn school. and the program and all of that if you refuse to support your your team, your the team that you're a fan of, or where you went to school. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion too. And go, and and um, the other thing that that you said, not not you, Carter, um, that that it's kind of related to the presidential election. It, and it, and you can see that it is a little bit. Um, it's similar in my mind. What I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's it is similar. Once you once that once uh, you know one side lost, then then it doesn't. They weren't. You don't see a coming together of America. It is still divided it, to yeah. this day. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, unfortunately, one one side won. Other side was like, I didn't want that. Now that now the other side won, and then I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So so. It's, it's, it's very similar, um, but but you know what? It's very different because this is this is your team. This is this is who you re- you cheer for, or supposedly, no matter what. When they're down, when they're up, when they're will have one one loss, when they have when when they have eleven losses. So so you support the team once it's made this decision. Decision has been made. So all your all your opinions are valid, and 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 um, you know you, you're you're. You're entitled to that opinion, but why? Why are you still? Why are you still blasted on social media? What are you gaining from bashing your own school? That's absolutely yep. right. That's absolutely right, Shane. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Support we... your school if you don't have to be out there and and, and put signs up for yay freeze all that, whatever. You, you you can you can not not support the guy. That's that's your that's your that's your prerogative. That's right. But support your team and your players. I agree. Shane, we appreciate you calling back, man. Yeah, we we appreciate Appreciate you calling back. We got about a minute or so. You know, 
to to kind of wrap all this up and again it's it's blowing my mind that three days in we're still having to have this conversation but all I can think about is the Brian Harson stuff when it went down and we were having these similar conversations of just support your coach support the guy when the stuff came out that wasn't true that was started via social media and crap like that <laughs> like support the guy yeah. right if you don't agree with him that's fine I get it but in this particular situation like Shane was saying opinions are valid you can have your thoughts you can have your opinions but people that are just totally out and wanting Hugh Freeze to fail for some reason I just don't understand that and my presidential thing to kind of wrap all this up real quick it is similar but not 100% because in today's world if one political side doesn't win they want the other side to fail so bad they'll do whatever and I'm not this is not me being political this is just a fact in America folks I don't want that with Auburn. Auburn's supposed to be a family. Auburn's supposed to be unified as one, but you can't do that if you all don't support, right? Yeah. You got to be able to buy in and support. If you don't agree with them morally or socially, whatever, in the past, I get it, but he's here now. Give him a chance to do something here to impress you. And I just think it's this has all got to be, everybody's got to be together for this to work. We've talked about alignment. It yep. seems like everything is except the fans. This is the last leg. And and I, I don't even think it's the majority of the fan base. I, I don't either. A, and that's the problem. Small, smaller pocket of the fan base. We'll talk some more about this tomorrow. Don't you worry. Wednesday, it's in the books. We've got two more rest of the week. The drive coming up in just a few minutes. Stay safe. Have a good night. I'll talk to you later.